Toto. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. You're listening to Out of Oz, a podcast from Building 28 Church. Welcome back to Out of Oz, a Building 28 Church podcast, where we confront the fallacies of modern day Christianity with compassion, conviction, and courage. There you go. I'm your guest host for just a couple episodes, Peter Tragos. Happy to be here with my main man, Jeff, in the back. With me, as always, is Aaron Curran, (laughs) pastor of Building 28 Church. And, su- up, and superpowers over superpowers. here, as, as pretty much always. Thank God for him. And our, <laughs> uh, as always, our resident theologian, Maggie. Hi. Soon, soon to be, Maggie, soon to be, what's Ben's last name? Brown. Brown, yeah. Maggie Brown. Maggie Brown. Wow. But for now. Cute what, name. Yeah, right. what, what a what an interesting name that I've never heard before, Maggie Brown. Great name. Maggie Brown. <laughs> I feel like a name should be written, or a, a song should be written after Maggie Brown. I like it. Mrs. Oh. Brown has a lovely daughter. Well, that's right. a great song. Yeah. Oldie, but a goodie. All right. We're going to be talking about coping mechanisms today. There it is. And whether or not Christians are allowed a Max, coping take, mechanism. Take, take, here. Can we define the word? So here's the deal. A bowl of ice cream or cracking open a cold one at the, a cold one, at the end of an <laughs> arduous day sounds to some like a breath of fresh air, but to others, legitimately, it seems like an irreligious crutch. As Christians, we know that Jesus is the lover of our soul and he satisfies us, but how much does Jesus fulfill our earthly bodies, needs, wants? How are we to enjoy the good gifts God has given us? When we hear the phrase coping mechanism, pleasure-laden thoughts may arise like a crisp beer or a glass of wine or a celebrity tabloid or binging a new favorite show. So today we're here to peel back the layers of the question and hopefully answer, are Christians actually allowed a coping mechanism? That's it. I love it. All right. So to talk about coping mechanisms, I think the important thing to start with is... The definition. Yes. Yes. Nice. She's been listening. She's been listening. I know how you guys do things. So how would you... (laughs) Do you you guys have your own definition or would you just use like the dictionary definition of coping mechanism? Where would you go, Powers? Coping mechanism to me sounds like a phrase trying to get at what gives your soul rest after a long stressful day like what's what what helps you unwind what helps you kind of decompress and maybe turn off the brain that's that's something that i think of immediately okay so you're saying just after a long day basically yeah. that that's kind of the what or, brings you to net the need to cope? Yeah, maybe I think just a that's long day. the majority of what I think. The minority of what I think, maybe in the moment, like in a panic attack or like really heavy anxiety, where do you turn for relief and for rest? So urgent definition, daily routine definition, perhaps both are in there. What about you, Maggie? How would you define coping mechanism? I like what Adam said. That's it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was really good. I think the I think the point of this, <laughs> at least from what we've gathered from people who have asked the question, is like I don't know too many Christians would be like, oh, you can't like de-stress with like a bowl of ice cream or like going out and playing a round of eighteen, like right. just help you recenter right. and like it becomes more a matter of religiosity or spirituality when it begins to feel like something that you have to have, that you have to lean on, that you're 
dependent upon that you're maybe mm. maybe in some people's estimation addicted to to get through a week or family vacation or whatever it might be you know like just like randomly throwing something out there so you know i think that um i think that's where this comes from because there are some people who would take the rather hard line position and maybe some of you guys do that that if it's elevated to that level then it becomes extremely problematic or sinful where it's something that you have that you depend on outside of medication that you have to depend mm -hmm. on but like it's something that you depend on you have to have that bowl of ice cream or you you're a, you're a mom of three young kids and you have to have two glasses of wine every night you know um in order just to like get through your christian life and like function and not lose your mind and so i think that's where the issue comes in it's not just a matter of like if we're just saying something like like you said adam where it's like every day i'm you know it's just kind of a routine thing for me. Like I need, I, I do caffeine in the morning. That's a, that's a coping mechanism. But like, I don't think most people are going to be like, that's wrong. A cup of coffee in the morning to like kind of help you some, get what, but some not some most. But sure. I think the, the more prevalent issue, at least in our circles, is going to be the things that um, maybe aren't as acceptable and certainly the things that seem like, like they are kind of something that you lean on really heavily to like deal with life. Because I mean, un under that, it could be sleep. Is that a coping mechanism? You know, I mean, I'm I, too stressed I, out. I just need a nap. Yeah, I just think I think that we, <laughs> in in order to make it beneficial as a conversation for a podcast like this for Christians listening, it's got to be more of kind of how Aaron described the coping mechanism. And I think most people have, or a lot of people have stuff like that. The definition actually from the dictionary, which I think is interesting, is mm -hmm. an adaptation to environmental stress that is based on conscious or unconscious choice and that enhances control over behavior or gives psychological comfort. Mm -hmm. That to me is, is what coping is, right? You have to, it's something that is environmentally stressful. So something's going on and you have to control your stress or the problem. And you're like, yeah. I definitely think of it dealing with something negative, not just like I'm tired. I need caffeine. Something, yeah. or, something that's a like more medicine urgent. almost, you know, yeah, people, yeah. people have a problem with that. I get it, but I'm saying it's more no, of a I can't deal with this on my own, mm -hmm. so I got to do something to help me deal with it. And is that if that's extra biblical, is that a sin? Is that a problem? I kind mm -hmm. of think that's the angle to think about whether or not coping mechanisms are wrong because naps are not inherently sinful. If you sit around and sleep all day, I, I think I was listening to the essentials of the Christian life or whatever, and you're talking about how sloth is such a big problem or what. So, I mean, all of that stuff can be sin. Yeah. But specifically True. talking about True. coping mechanisms where could you see them being problematic, Adam? Well, under under that definition, that area. I guess mean, that's really what this is about. At the end of the where day, are they problematic? At the end of the day, like that's really what the podcast. I like the title that we chose, but that's really, yeah. I think, where this comes from. When I hear these questions, is sure. is how elevated can this government mechanism be? Where when does it become problematic for us? You know, and are there certain things which we'll get to that are inherently wrong all the yeah. time? You know, that as yeah. coping mechanisms. Yeah, a, a list of examples would be helpful. Yeah, as absurd as it stuff might. happening in the church world this week would be examples. So. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> I think for for me, a coping mechanism that is that is urgently needed would would go wrong if it does become reliant upon. Like it becomes habitual, becomes a pattern where without it you cannot function. And just to ask, would would you say in the because Peter made a distinction between like just your coffee to help you get up in the morning. Sure. And people would be like, I have to have that every day. Like I need, yeah. or an energy drink or whatever. Would you say if it, would you, would you specify and correct me if you're, if I'm wrong, Peter, it sounded like you were saying to deal with the weight and the heaviness of the world is more the target of what we're talking about. Not yes. to just deal with being tired and right. like, I need to like be able to function or like something I, like, happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you what have you to do? cope with uh, it. Like, yeah. It's stressful. It's yeah. heavy. Things are go? broken, busted up. 
Like, I think that's the realm we're kind of dwelling in yeah. now, as opposed to just so we're clear, as opposed to my being like, I'm tired. I need like a espresso shot every morning. Sin. Like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so you would make that distinction then? I would. Yeah. yeah. The, the day to day things. I mean, I've got a gigantic mug of coffee here and it helps me get going. It's great. I, I've done this every day for the past seven years since I've been drinking coffee and I, I don't think it's a problem. I don't think it's uh, but do you think, reliant do you, upon. But yeah. if there's a situation where all of a sudden, like all hell breaks loose in my office and the church is falling apart or someone's life is falling apart or my life begins to fall apart and I feel myself panicking or come, come into anxiety, I can reach one of two places. I, I can reach in a healthy direction to try to find relief and rest. And that looks like going toward the Lord, but it doesn't not look like not just using the Lord for these things, but his good gifts he's given us. But there's also something that's like, okay, I'm going to run to this to kind of find rest in here, which is really going to just do nothing but stir up more restlessness in me. That's okay. This is problematic, I would say. So how, how do you think this, Aaron, jives with all you need is God. All you need is the Bible. All you need is Jesus, which well, is true for for eternal life. Like yeah, so I think and I think that's where like we we've just like suckered ourselves. And when I went to youth camp this year, and they're like singing songs, and it's like it's saying those very things like Jesus, all I want is you type thing, or all I need is you. Uh, you Not have that to, we're rolling our eyes. We, at that. we have. To, I am. But you have to, you have to, un, you Put have your to, glasses back on. So <laughs> you you sure. have to, you have to understand things contextually. I don't think teenagers do. Right. And so they're passionately singing. I ask my group, like, um, what does it mean? And they're like, well, Jesus is all we need. And I'm like, so you don't need food. Like you don't need coffee. You don't need water. You don't like Jesus gave Oxygen. us things that we need to like be able Every to function good in the world. Gift comes down from the and father. So Jesus life. is not all in the sense of everything I need physically speaking or everything right. I need scientifically speaking or whatever medicinally. Jesus is all like as far as the satisfaction for our soul goes. And so, you know, a big one for me would be probably for me in certain seasons for a lot of people would be social media as a coping mechanism that, like you said, typically only leads toward like more depression, more anxiety, more. That's like inherently sinful. I'll put that on the inherently sinful More feeling the busted up. Social media as a coping mechanism. (laughs) But I also think like to your earlier point, Adam, this is the stuff that that I've been wrestling through lately is. So I have a cup of coffee every day or Mm -hmm. three. Three or four. And so is it is it almost impossible for me to see that as a coping mechanism because it's something that I do that's not like clearly uh, prohibited by scripture? You know, like, is that where the American church is by and large? Is that if we do it continually, it it's it's okay? Mm. Especially if scripture doesn't say you can't do this. Right, right. Because I think that's where where we're kind of landing this morning. It's so easy to look at everybody else and be like, their coping mechanism is wrong. Like the amount of time they spend on social media. Oh, we're doing or, all these other things. Or, or the, cause I've even seen it. Like I've even seen it in the alcohol realm where it's like this person drinks, but they think this person has too much of dependency. Maybe that person does, but sometimes maybe they don't. But because you're not completely on the same level because somebody's doing something more or doing something different than you, it becomes like a demonized thing instead of instead of like something that that is a gift from the Lord to like help us deal with the heaviness of life and the all stresses. Right. And I think we should jump to one of the main yeah. questions here. Um, and probably where this question came from, because, and again, I think that's why definitions and kind of getting the train on the tracks in the beginning is important because you drinking three cups of coffee or waking up super tired because you stayed up till 4am talking to guys at the church or whatever. That's an indication of what you already know, 
you need to have better sleep patterns. Like you need to have a healthier lifestyle. <laughs> Tell that my people that. That's not like the, I'm just saying that's not like a coping mechanism that you're yeah, dealing with stress. Yeah. That's not why you have to drink three cups of coffee. I, I think that's a distinction where like maybe you should look at lifestyle or whatever. Or are we eating right? Or are we exercising? That's different, I think. Although exercise, I think, can be a coping mechanism. But but yep. when we talk about alcohol, let's just talk about alcohol. Because we hear let's people- talk about alcohol. And, I, and it's actually started a lot of conversations where people in the church have said, like after a tough day, I just need to sit down and have a couple glasses of wine or I need to have, you know, a stiff drink or whatever after a tough day of work. So that is, I think, in the realm of coping mechanism, For coping sure. with stress, the stress of the day, coping with, you know, just coming home, trying to unwind, things like that. If yeah. you yeah. feel like you need that when you come home from work to cope with a stressful day, is that a sinful coping mechanism for a Christian, Maggie? Okay, this is what I think. Sometimes when I have a stressful day at work, I pull into the Whole Foods parking lot on my way home and I go into the cookie bar and I get a big, huge chocolate chip cookie. And then I eat how, the whole- How dare you? And then I eat the whole thing M&Ms? right when I get back in my car. No M&Ms, just chunky, chocolate chip. Chunky chocolate chip. So good. That's awesome. Brown she butter. She wants some dark chocolate to cope with the world this week. Mm, I couldn't find it's any It's so Walla. good. Licking my lips, it's so good. Okay. And then I eat the whole cookie and I'm like, because I'm looking for it to satisfy me. I really am. I wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, this cookie's going to satisfy me. But that's what I'm thinking. And I eat the whole thing. And I'm like, it didn't really do what I thought I was going to do. So, I mean, is it sinful? I'm looking to something else that's not Jesus. But it's like but what if it he did made do cookies. It? Like legitimately. It like, never what, does, what, though. But, but, okay, but like for some people, like me, 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 I don't know. What I'm trying to push on is I don't know if that's the argument of. Because then me mean that somebody could be like, well, my coping mechanism does help right. me, like does satisfy me. So then it's not a matter of whether okay. it satisfies or not. Like, I appreciate what you're saying. It's a matter of is it right or wrong? Like, you know, regardless of whether we actually get what we're going after in that. So mm-hmm. is it wrong for something to satisfy you in a moment that's not Christ? I would say no. No. Yeah, he gave us that stuff. But it's like, I don't know. I don't know. Is like, it I don't. Habitually? I don't eat Jesus. Like so, I would take what a different slant. What about communion? Still, that's kidding. not We're really not eating Jesus. We're not <laughs> no transubstantiation. No transubstantiation going on here. Oh, you can't even uh, jump refer on back to this season yeah. two. Oh, I show yes. Season uh, two, yeah, Catholics. All right. I, anyway. No, no. So that's and I think that's where like we can all we can disagree on stuff, right? Like Christian no. can to to say that I'm only ever satisfied with Jesus and that's the only right way. I think is baloney. Like to say that my soul finds satisfaction in Jesus. And I need that Jesus has giving, given me good gifts to cope with the world and the heaviness and the brokenness of it. Like for some people, therapy would be, whether it's physical therapy or whether it is like um, going to a psychiatrist or a, like that's, a, that's helping them cope with the world around them where Jesus is not enough in that moment. Like it's not that I'm not saying he's not, you know what? I, I think most people understand what I mean where he is enough, he's the savior of our souls. He's a redeemer, but he's also like a good and gracious brother to us where he gives us means whereby we can deal with and I think we actually see that in church history, um, for sure. And um, and I would argue that we see it at least in principle. Of course, they didn't have these this terminology of coping in Scripture. But I think we see it in principle at times in Scripture, not in unhealthy, addictive pattern, but with a reliance on God to saying, I'm going to take the gifts that God has given me, whatever that might look like for me. You know, it might be for somebody two glasses of wine. I would land on, I think most people probably understand this, I would land that that if it's not, an addiction and it's not prohibited in scripture. Like there is a free to a freedom en- enjoy to, it. to do that. And, that, and that, that to me, like that is satisfaction in yeah. Jesus because I'm not running that as my God. Right. Like the cookie's not my God, but the cookie is a gift from my God to say, this is to help you with like 
what you're feeling right now or to, and granted you can't run to sex for that outside of marriage yeah. you can't like so we understand that we all, all understand or you but, but what you're getting at is a big principle here that I, I think needs to be stated these these means of relaxing of dealing with stress of dealing with the world are not separated from the giver who gave That's what them I'm yeah. and so there's two different ways to enjoy these things either we we enjoy the chocolate cookie for its own sake which is wrong or we enjoy it in light of the giver and praise him for it, which honestly, the way you view the cookie is the way I view morning coffee and working out. And Tolkien. And sometimes, obviously, sometimes I don't. Me too. Me too. Like working out for me too. Sometimes I don't always do these things well, and it does lean toward more an idolatrous involvement with this mechanism. But sometimes it really is well, where I'm very thankful for these gifts that God has given us. All these things. And I know can, you three track with me, but the reason I bring up like the one example of sex outside marriage is the easy one, but like you should bring up anything. If scripture like clearly forbids it, oh, I don't, that I'm, can't I'm be not a, tracking with you yeah. just in case <laughs> everybody, I, no, I, I'm bounce. not tracking with well, no, all no, three so, of you guys. So just <laughs> what I, what I, I want to be clear on is if scripture clearly forbids something that can never be used as a coping mechanism. That's like, what correct. I'm trying to say. Like you cannot correct. in any measure, in any means without being addicted to it. Sense. It's like, I just had a rough day. I'm trying to blow it out steam. So like, I just looked at porn, like, you know, like right. to help. No, you like, yeah. can't do that. Out of like, right. you know, it's out of bounds. Right. So that's what that's the obvious no. And then I think there's an obvious, yes, you're allowed to do certain things that scripture doesn't even condemn or warn against or anything like that. I think there are, and then I think there's a middle lane and I think alcohol falls in the middle lane. The three of you seem like you think, although Maggie didn't actually answer about alcohol. She, she changed it to cookie, which I think would be in the world. far right. No, I, I think what? she, I think her answer was correct. Her not answering the actual question. I agree with her answer, yes. <laughs> but, but two serious questions around alcohol. Number one, Screw tape letters. I know one of your favorite probably. Is that one of your favorites? Yeah. Okay. So in screw tape letters. Written by the best inkling. Um, Debatable. Does he not say, screw tape says to Wormwood, when he's drinking, when times are tough and he's down, that's what we want. Not when he's merry and things are good. Because that's what I, that's what coping thinks to me. Like, I mm. think that's exactly what screw tape would want from Christians is we cope by going mm. to the bottle, two glasses of wine. We need this, whatever. And I think the reason for that is to take it another step is there are certain things the Bible does warn against. Nobody at this table thinks drinking is a sin. Okay. But I think drinking in a stressful situation to cope is more along the lines of why would we do something the Bible warns against? And the Bible doesn't just warn against, this is how you, it leads to drunkenness. This is how many drinks is too many drinks. It doesn't line it up like that, but it constantly warns against drunkenness, especially for leaders and being above reproach and how you cannot be a drunkard all over the place. Yeah. And I know you like to equate gluttony with that, which we can, and that's, that's fine oh, with me. Sure. Um, I think, I don't, I don't, if you think eating one chocolate chip cookie, no matter how big it is, is the same thing as, you know, getting drunk, I think it's a little bit different, but yeah, maybe different. if you like go to the, all you can eat buffet every time. To oh, chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. That'd be good. Um, maybe that would satisfy. But, that would satisfy. Throw <laughs> oh I'll throw up. But so I do think that the things in the Bible, Discipline. the slippery slope warnings, which is not a blanket on everything, right? It's not just like everything is, is a sin or can lead to a sin, which we, you can make that argument, but I do think drinking falls into a different category when we're talking about coping with a stressful day or a bad day or trying to tr change our mood or have a psychological effect on us based on the stress, the, the external environmental stress that we have had for a day or week or month or whatever the season may be. Yeah. The longer the season gets, <laughs> the longer the season gets, sometimes the more 
So what do you think about that? The you feeling think, does that make you think at all that mm. alcohol would be in a different category than working out, playing golf, eating a chocolate chip cookie, going no. and hanging out with your girls no. for the night, and I don't, you know I wouldn't whatever? Say in a different category. No. Either. Okay. No. It. Yeah. But, but what if I feel like I kind of get what you're saying? Hopefully that when you're in that stressed out state and you have like two beers and then you're like, oh, like whatever, then you're. Maybe two beers doesn't do it for you because you're not my size. Oh, no, Maggie. But, no Christian ever does that. They always no, stop at two glasses of wine no, and two beers. No, but I'm saying because you're well because you're I'm kidding. I agree with you. I, because I, I you have from had Peter whatever, right <laughs> yeah. snarky, snarky, then snarky. it's like, oh, I'll have another. Because you're thinking- I'll have another. You're thinking realistically. Yeah, what happens not? in life? Not you're theoretically stressed. as we sit at a table and think, oh. I see people do that at the cupcake bar all the time. Two glasses of wine. Two glasses. Okay, well, they're wrong too. I'm saying We don't have to compare saying one's right I think bottom line that is like, you can do that with anything. Like you can, you can go yeah. over with yeah. anything. Yeah. And I think how alcohol is the low hanging fruit. How many fruit. families has uh, eating too much ruined? And, and uh, how many relationships? Sure. Health wise? More than alcohol? Yeah. I feel like it's easier oh, to eat on. two cupcakes yeah. and be like, come I'm on, done not, eating cupcakes. Not. Probably. Right. Right. Come on, we can't even start the conversation. Oh, Jeffrey's loving this right now. <laughs> if you think it's close, <laughs> we can't even start the conversation. And that's my point. Well, I mean, practically, I think what you're saying makes sense. Biblically, it's all in the same plane. I disagree. Both with you. could be idolatrous. You know more than I do, so listen to him. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I, I disagree with you, and I, yeah. I feel very strongly about it. That is different for exactly what Maggie said. You two, especially. I respect both of you guys a lot. I think True. you are are convicted guys, but and, but not everybody is right. And so True. I think about True. everybody True. else that's watching this and is like, totally cool for me to have you know two glasses of wine. Same thing as two tall glasses of scotch. Let Let's go have two glasses of scotch when we get home. Whatever and. To me, it's almost like to cope with the environmental stress and changing your psychological comfort, you're looking for that mind alteration that alcohol provides more than just enjoying the gift of God, which has been your defense every time we've talked about this, where you're with buddies at a golf tournament and you have a beer and it's a good time and we're celebrating. And and, and I think Screwtape says the same thing. He, he would not be cool with that but he would but, be cool with if we're having a really bad time, we're kicking him back like yeah. to try to make us not think about how bad True. things are. Yeah, the screw tape passage is helpful and it could be interpreted in a few different ways. I think the way that you're interpreting it is a legitimate way. I would interpret it a little bit different that the initial actions of having those drinks is not at first the sinful pattern that people would then go to to find rest and coping mm -hmm. relief, but the pattern that's begun, if not, checked and guarded and have the guardrails on it can lead to places which are incredibly destructive, which is why Screwtape would advise such a thing in the first place, knowing our propensities of not putting the guardrails on things. So do you feel good that you're advising the same thing Screwtape is? I don't think you are. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't, don't, I don't do think you are. You so and Screwtape are both like, go for it when times are tough. I've always you thought that. I, that's why I love having Screwtape on our <laughs> yeah, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, no, I, no, I mean, obviously I've read Screwtape like 12 right, times. You have it like memorized. I, love it. I, I love get it. it. Right. And to, what I've always, what I've always taken away from it, even when we went to the play, not me and Maddie, you didn't just go. A lot of people. <laughs> a big okay. group, big, big um, group. Just want to be clear with that with, with all that's going on in the world today. But when we went, a group of us went to Screwtape, like the way my interpretation has always been, if you're running to that as God, that's what it is. Not as a gift from God. Cause I feel like a lot of days I'm like, I'm like, Jesus, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's going on in the world. And it feels like he's like, have a glass of wine. Like, you know, to me, like, it's like, you know, here's my good gift to you. 
Like, and, and some people are like, oh my gosh, I just can't believe it. like that's, you know, that, that doesn't work in my world, doesn't work in my thinking. But to me, the whole thing comes back to, are we running to it as our God, as our idol? Or are we going to these things like, and I, I get it, it's something different for everybody. It's, be, it's, it's a nuanced conversation of like, because we can deceive ourselves easy into thinking that like, but like we had this, this conversation at home group the other night where I'm like, is the life of Christianity and the life of devotion, is it like how I grew up thinking or it's like this this clear line of like what you're like, okay, 30 minutes a day and you're reading your Bible and you're doing this, or is it waking up and under an awareness of God's grace and his presence and just living the whole day like that, whether you're at the gym or playing golf or drinking right, a glass right. of wine or in, in the word. Like, I would say clearly I, it's the latter. I would say it's the, the latter. Yeah. And so I'm like, and that's how I view the liberty and coping mechanisms of God's good gifts to us where like not only does he not prohibit it, but he's the one who's actually like created this to help us deal with the heaviness of life while not neglecting him or abandoning him. That's where I think Screw Tape would, would advise us. Let's have him run here instead of Christ. I'm saying let's run to Christ and find in him all the good gifts. Well said. Maturity has a great deal to do with this topic. If everyone think. was just as mature as all of us. Which yeah. exactly. <laughs> Nobody thinks they're not mature. Well, okay. It would take maturity if, to think you're not mature. If you're a brand new Christian... This could what be a dangerous that? episode to listen How to. How many years are you a brand new Christian? Because people can be brand new Christians. In America, like Case 40. by case. Right. Case by case, right? If, if you're a baby believer learning about the lines of Christian liberty and hearing for the first time, it's really not all black and white, that there is some kind of gray here that, that Christians line up on all different sides of this. I think the mature Christian or the stronger brother or sister in Romans 14 can go about this in a way that I don't think the weaker brother or sister can. And I think that the weaker brother and sister needs the guardrails at first than the stronger one who can do these things in check as they grow in godliness and maturity. I think this will look a little bit different. You know what's interesting though, to Peter's point about like it takes maturity to spot immaturity. Like, I don't know anybody who calls themselves the weaker brother or sister. Everyone thinks they're the stronger one. The ones who abstain think they're the stronger oh, ones. Oh, I know some. the ones who practice. I know some. Well, I mean, by and large, totally. I'm talking like generally speaking, like I always think of myself as like the stronger brother because I have the liberty to do huh. something. And then the person over here is like, no, I'm the stronger brother because I am saying we shouldn't do that. We should abstain from really? that. And it's like, obviously, it's narcissistic Maybe that's on a our guy parts. thing. Maybe it's a guy thing. Because girls I, are I, like, oh. No, some well, girls, some girls are. I think that there, it also depends on <laughs> some, why yeah. you do what you do. Yeah. Right. I think but that's that's a. I want them to answer your question about What's when you're in that state of reeling, overwhelmed. You have their answer the propensity. would literally be draw the line at two glasses or two beers or whatever. That's what their answer would be. No, no, no. There's more to than that answer. So I, I would actually, that's a strong man. I would actually say. <laughs> I would actually say that this actually is more black and white issue than, than anything. So that's why I said earlier, sin is always sin. So if the Bible prohibits it, you just can't do it. Amen. And, 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 but if it and, doesn't, you're free to clear enjoy. declaration or in ardent principle, okay? Because it's not just like, well, the Bible doesn't say that I can't, whatever. Like, but principally, you know? So there's, there's that. But then on the side of that, there's all these liberties that God has given us. And like I was talking about earlier, some of us will be more comfortable with our liberties than we are with somebody else's liberties. Like, you know, like <laughs> this is how it works. But the way, what becomes black and white is, are we doing it truly for the glory of God with a Christ-centered intent? Yeah. Like, are we? And I don't think that has to be hokey or weird. Like, I'm holding hands with Jesus walking down the beach. Like, I think you can just be like, God, I'm very aware of you. Thank you for this coffee this yeah. morning. Like, you Enjoying know, like, the Christian, you understand that giver. without even saying it. We deal with a lot of people who are like, oh, man, me and Jesus aren't great because, like, yesterday I didn't pray for 32 minutes or right. I didn't, you know, like, where it becomes all this performance-oriented stuff instead of, instead of, 
the posture of the, the, the posture of but like this what, of the life. What if the posture of your heart at first is like, okay, I had such a bad day. Like I'm going to open up a beer and I'm gonna have another one. Cause like that doesn't get me drunk. But then like, there's that fine line between I'm doing this for the glory of God, but I can get drunk off of it. So then where do you know how it's like, okay, I've done enough of my coping mechanism. I'm about to go into sin. That's where I'm like, yeah. how do you know? I think, I think we would all, I, I hope we'd all agree that like, there is a point where it either becomes addictive mm -hmm. or where obviously if drunkenness comes in or gluttony comes in or any of these things, yeah. then it's clearly, and that line is, that's the, the tough thing. That when scripture condemns drunkenness yeah. or, or even gluttony, like how do we define that as Americans? How do we define that as pastors Nobody and Nobody wants to define it because they don't want anybody else to define it for them. Yeah. Oh, I, no. I, <laughs> but, but we're saying I actually, there is well a line. I actually well meet said. people who would define it, but that, that the goalposts are moved all over the field. Like it's it like is. some people it's the 30 people. yard line, you're drunk and other people it's like, past the end zone right and you're drunk, so you know, yeah and so i don't like, i don't regularly drink alcohol but i like whiskey a lot okay well you're and, presbyterian but it but it sense. takes me like a year or two to get through a bottle of whiskey and so if i have like if people come over and someone brings beer i know if i have more than one it'll be more than i need because i know my composition and what happens with me and so I think that it's gonna, that it's going to be different for each person with their own. I think, you, own. Said so you, that, I think you said a word that like gets to the heart of this. What need? Like, is it something you want? Is it something you need? How oh. much do we need it? Like, like you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when we talk about coping mechanisms, that's part of the issue. Is yeah. things that we want a lot of times it? we think we yeah. need it. Yeah. And I'm not oh, I'm not I'm not capping on you because I feel like I do need like a glass of yeah. wine sure. some some days sure. like you know sure. or whatever. Um, or we do need to just go out and swing the sticks. Or we do just need to like go shopping. Get, get a shopping trip. Like, go shopping pounds, or, right? Or talk you just, to a therapist. You, just need you, know, to you, you feel like, but I mean. You know, is, is that as much of a need as like our spirit being renewed? No, no we run no. to Christ mm. for the spirit renewal. But there are like other secondary needs, just like I need lunch today. You know, like there are secondary needs that you're like, I have to determine, is this just a desire? Have I rationalized a desire as a need in my life? You know, I think these are. That's so good. This is a nuanced conversation that needs to yeah. take place where there are a variety of listeners here. For and, sure. and we've been in ministry a long time. And so for us, it's, it seems a little more clear. But that's because we're does. living our life, hopefully, according to what we think is biblically consistent. And for the person out there who's newer to Christianity or struggling or too reliant or addicted to alcohol or addicted to food or addicted to ice cream, whatever it is, I don't know, I, or addicted to cigarettes. We haven't even talked about that. That's a major addiction still in our day. Tobacco, where it's like the argument could be made. I don't know if I'm making it um, the, today, but that it's it's hard to just smoke a cigarette, not become addicted to it, not become dependent on that, not become reliant. Um, and, and so the, the, it's, it's hard like to try to nail down all these kind of moving clouds right. this morning. It's going to be hard like to dissect everything. And I think even when we do try to dissect something like alcohol, we're going to come to different positions on it because I'm looking at it going, I honestly like I'm really striving to like for my heart to be like right before the Lord and like sure. walk with him. And I see these things as a gift and I sure. see my books like for us literature is like mm. a huge coping mechanism. Like, yeah, that's how I deal with the world. We escape. We talked about it on the Harry Potter podcast forever ago, which Peter loved. Yes. But. One where, of our where, best. Where it was like you actually said on the podcast, if you remember, that you feel like God, I, I don't misquote my friend, but you f almost feel like God gave us literature to escape yeah. and to see a, what the world should be. Because from escaping, we re-enter we reality re in a we more re fine-tuned mindset. And so, but yes. that might, I understand, I understand Peter's concept that that might be a very pastoral mindset on our part that a lot of people can't get behind. They're going, sure, they're, they're sure. running to their their romance novel or their Colleen Hoover book. And they're just like, 
I'm just gonna read about dirty stuff because that's how it, I, I just all the ladies are reading it. All the ladies are reading not it. Me, apparently, is that the one you posted on Instagram? No, I didn't post yeah, it on Instagram. Not no, 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 not that one. Not that one. I'm just saying. Like, so here's what I'll say. So, so to kind of circle in with that, alcohol is not the only one I had written down. I knew that was gonna yeah, be a no. topic of conversation, but sure. I also think other things Love that you, are ladies. warned against that are warned against that I would kind of put in this. You shouldn't use them as coping mechanisms. Go for it. Food, like yep. we talked about. Yep idolatry yep. like if you have to if you're like idolizing something social media that type of stuff greed if the only way to de-stress which sometimes i have this it's like i gotta go work more i gotta go like mm-hmm. do this and like, okay now i feel better and that's that's yeah. like greed well, for yeah. success or money or whatever it is yeah. that people use to to cope that's good but okay so when we talk about this do we think christians are humans we live in this world we live on this earth do we think we're stupid if we do stuff within the realm of Christianity that we would never do or advise outside of Christianity. For example, if we know something is dangerous like this, when we are susceptible to being depressed or in a bad mood or ever, exactly as Maggie pointed out with all of her illustrations, why would we go to this as opposed to like driving without your seatbelt on? Besides it being illegal, why do you put your seatbelt on? You don't have to. You're not going to die if you don't have your seatbelt on. You might. But like you could, and there's a better chance that you do if you do get in an accident without your seatbelt on. So you sure. put your seatbelt on. So why would we advise something that we know you go up to the dangerous. line and it's so easy with a blurred line and a different line for everybody to fall off of the cliff of drunkenness or greed or gluttony or whatever? Why would we say any of those things are okay as coping mechanisms as Christians when we could just say, if you're feeling down and whatever... Maybe stick to something that's not even warned against. Obviously, the inherently, and I know you disagree with me, but I just want to hear your answers for yeah. everybody listening. Yeah, no, 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 I think it's true. I mean, I would say we do it because Jesus said we could. I think that's uh, for my so the master so teacher. What did he? Where did he me? say that we? Me? Oh, Jesus! <laughs> where did he say Whoa. we could? Where did he say we could? After after a stressful day or a bad day, go to alcohol. So no, okay, yeah, he, he didn't, didn't say, say that. that. Strong man again, <laughs> building something up just no, to crush it down. But I like the whole like. No, 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 no. the big bad wolf. He's building the the Fathers out. said, or the church fathers said, it's like let me let let's okay. see what what okay, do you so actually mean. So okay, go ahead. How gonna, Jesus interacted with the religious people of his day, especially right. regarding the Sabbath, is helpful here. He said that man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. And so the way we use the intentional weekly God-given rest that ought to be built into our schedules is for us. We were not created for it. It's a gift given to us that when used rightly, it does bring us rest and refreshment. And so he broke the pharisaical categories in that and got away from the rigid structure of the black and white rote obedience when it comes to things like this. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying there's not black and white, but I'm saying that something that Jesus did in his earthly ministry is put things back to the heart level intention in his teaching. And we're just, Aaron and I, I think are trying to say, let's bring that posture into this discussion. And this is the result of it. I think so, so. And I just want to throw then. I want to respond to that. Go, go, ahead. Go, please, okay. go, ahead. go ahead. So, so my question would be, I love that. I yeah, think it's yeah. a really great example in life and how sure. Jesus absolutely conquered the law. That is not something that is continuously warned against in the Bible for humans that can make them disqualified as leaders. And, and, and in the New Testament, at post Jesus, okay, where does he say that you can go to that 
when you feel like you need it in times that when times so this is tough. where I wanted to to interject. Drink and be merry. Inter- I mean, is that like that's no. like the I mean, one? Well, no, Ecclesi- no, 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 no. Ecclesiastes okay. does talk about in a positive sense making our heart merry with wine. Like so, it is a positive sense. I don't know any scholars that like take it in a negative sense. In Paul that told Timothy to have some wine like, to help yeah, his stomach medicinally. So I mean, so there, but here here's we're, where we're really like, reaching. No, 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 no. I don't think we're reaching because here here's where we are. Here's where we are. Uh, where I am philosophically. And we'll probably do a podcast for the 12 of you that want it on the regulatory principle versus the normative principle at some point in time. Normative. But in, 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 a very, in a very clear sense, like normative, a regulatory would say, unless scripture clearly permits it, like we don't do it. So unless scripture assigns it or prescribes it, we don't do it. Normative, conversely, would say if scripture does not prohibit it, we are absolutely liberty to do that. So when Jesus doesn't prohibit or Paul Within doesn't prohibit, boundaries. so I'll take that to the Christian life too. Like yeah. I, and it probably makes some of my reformed people uh, like weird and like yeah. uncomfortable and everything. But like to me, if it's not condemned black and white or principally, we have liberty to do that. It might We're not be free. the wisest thing. Might not be the wise thing. We still have to like put guardrails on so that we don't fall into sin. And bring other but, people into it because we're not the best at defining our boundaries ourselves. We need other tall. people to help we'll us love accountability. Right? Yeah, they love accountability. I mean, I mean uh, yeah, I'll go back sure. to, I'm, and I'm sure a lot of people listening or watching this did not watch our alcohol episode because alcohol has been a big, I mean, it is the low hanging fruit. That's where most people go to cope, like you're saying. But like on that, we did say Jesus wasn't just at the party. Jesus was the party in the gospel of Matthew, like when he, when he took after three days, four days of drinking wine and he took water and said, I'm gonna make better wine for these people. Like we have to wrestle with these things and be like, mm. okay, like what, like, how do I do that? I mean, these people are probably intoxicated or I don't know. Like, I don't understand the whole context of what I was going on. I don't know if anybody does, but I'm going, it doesn't seem like Jesus is going, be careful, be careful, be careful. Like, like, don't do that. Don't do that. It seems the opposite. Jesus is called a wine bibber. He, he's called a drunkard, even though he's not clearly, but by the you religious people. You don't get called a drunkard in, if you never drink. Like, that doesn't happen. And so I do think that there is, as you look at the well, New he Testament. he was called a lot of things that he never did, right? It's true. Well, so, come on. It's true. No, no well but said. I mean, I know, but I, I think most people, most people I've read after, most commentators and scholars have all I'm agreed. not saying he didn't drink, but I don't yeah. think that's a very good piece of evidence because he was called a lot of things that he never did. Well, he, he says in the text, he goes, John the Baptist did not come eating or drinking, and you said he had a devil. And I came eating and drinking, you call me a glutton and a wine bibber. So he's like, I came doing in these things. In that context, sure. I hear you. But not right, in right, every. Right, right, right. No, no, right. no. I'm, I'm trying, like, I think we're trying to get after, like, like God honoring, yeah. like, faithful Christian obedience. Right. But from a heart posture that says, if these are God's good gifts to me and me and Jesus are good, you know, like, I'm, I'm in good relationship. I'm in stuff with God and I'm not abusing them and they're not condemned in scripture, then I would say we have liberty to exercise them to help deal with all of the... And I do want to make clear, I agree with you that if it's not prohibited, it's a Christian liberty for us to do. I agree with you on that. But, and this is, and then the alcohol... So you need to rephrase some of your earlier statements in light of that. Hey, hey, let's let's build some straws. Let's build some straws. No, 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 no. You guys are are running way too fast off my first comment. You should know a second (laughs) comment is coming. We're running all the way with it. But we are are not just talking about whether or not drinking is a sin. We are taking it into a context where we already know somebody is susceptible. We live in maybe a more of a we see normal people life than maybe two pastors that, you know, are, are constantly in it and studying, which is great. It's what you should do to teach us. So we learn from you. But I do think that when we're talking about normal, real life people (laughs) that are dealing with this every day, I just feel, would feel nervous as a pastor, which I'm not, thankfully, my counsel would be no. Okay. And that I will always err on the side of why, 
Like, is it wise, right? So you're saying, well, it's, we have the liberty, but is it wise? If it's unwise, I'm always going to advise against in sure. any facet in life, sure. especially when it comes to like, well, that would be social Christian. media. What? And that's what I was going to say. You might not see the correlation. Maybe, I'm 100% maybe, out yeah, on social no, media. No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying you might not see a correlation of gluttony to alcohol, but I see it completely with social media versus I agree. alcohol. I'm like, people cope with the with life with social media, which is like one of the worst coping mechanisms. It's yeah. like, it's so toxic and unhealthy. Absolutely. And yet we run to that and then we spiral down a hole and we get more depressed and more envious. And so, but what I say to them, you can't have social media. Like, I would never say that. I'd be right. like, be careful with this. Right. I think like, it should oh, be alcohol. added to the elder qualifications in the Bible. I think if it was written today, it'd be like, ah, and oh, yeah, does Paul. not have a social media page. <laughs> you heard it here first. Peter's adding to the Bible, folks. So, uh, and does not have a social Joseph media Smith page. It's what people do when they're losing the argument. I'm just, you know. Just, <laughs> oh, no. I, I agree with you on social media. I agree with you. And I think no. that it's so, like, I just think back. And if we could tell people to get rid of certain things that they wanted to do that so many people could see from the outside that, it was a problem and they shouldn't have, but you, but it's a Christian liberty. What, what are we supposed to do as Christians? Like to me, I think you, you advise against. I think that's one approach and I'm not even saying it's a wrong approach. Yeah, I think possible. that's a conservative approach certainly, to, certainly. to Christian liberty and to life. And that's fine. And I think oh, there's lots of friends I have that I'm peeping one of them that have certain convictions that I wouldn't share personal convictions. I wouldn't share. And I hope, you know, I would never want anybody. People are always going to take and twist everything. But like, yeah. like, I hope that nobody's listening is like, oh, Adam and Aaron are saying, go do whatever you want. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. clearly we're, we're not, not saying, saying that. Like, clearly. Like, <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Of one mind here. Um, what, what we're saying is like the Christian life is difficult if you're going to live in intention. If you're going to say no to everything, which I'm not saying that's what Peter says. But if you're going to say no to social media or no to alcohol, right. it gets a little easier in yeah. one respect and just harder in other respects. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to say yes to liberties, then there's tension of. I can't abuse these liberties. Boundary. I can't become dependent on these tendencies. I can't run to them instead of Jesus to like cope with the world. Like, like I can't get them out of whack. They can't become my idols. I can't become greedy with this. Like that's how I see this playing out. How and, do you learn that? How do you get the answers to those questions? Oh, it's, it is biblical maturation. Growth, like years, it, community. What about like nearness to Christ? Yeah. What about evidence you see in life and from other Christians and oh, strong sure. Christians yeah. and yeah. good people yeah. and moral people. Cause I think that that conversation, you just, can't just, just like think this. you're stronger and better than everybody else. Right. Definitely. Especially people that are similarly situated to you. Right. So no. case by case, I, I would answer a certain demographic of people the exact same way that you're answering no. them, knowing their history yeah. and things like this, but other people, probably the majority of the people that come to me and talk about these things, I'm saying, there, there are boundaries here that you need to be careful of, but I'm not going to call sin something that the Bible doesn't call sin. The next episode. That the Bible right. actually seems like it's saying it's good. Okay. What the question is, okay. is would you advise against using it as a coping mechanism? That That's the not, is I would it not. sin? Right. I, would, I would not. And I, I, I feel I like say, that's your answers, which but I, but I, be, I would disagree with. I want to be one, one more time. I want to be clear that I would not... If you, it is under, under, truly under the umbrella of like your heart before the Lord is like, I yeah. want to, I want to serve you. I want to live with, like, I want to walk with you. Like I want to obey you. And thank you for this good gift of a diet Coke in the afternoon that like helps oh. me. I, I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm just using this as an example. Man, that's I'm, a man thing. Not God. I think that's once again, I think thing. social media, yeah, gluttony, like food, food um, alcohol, those are kind of the easy <laughs> ones, but like whatever it might be, if it's not a chocolate chip, God, thank you for this chocolate chip cookie. Like Amen. it actually it makes me feel a little bit better. I love like, chocolate. Like, you know, like it's not wrong. Yeah. And I'm not running for it to satisfy all the needs of my soul because yeah. Jesus can satisfy my soul. But like this life's still hard. Like yeah. it's still really hard. And sure. you read the Puritans, you read the reformers and it's like, I mean, John Calvin had seven barrels of wine as a stipend every year 
as part of his package. And he once disciplined one of his elders because he was in charge of handling the finances for his mother. And in order to save money, he cut down on the amount of wine his mother was drinking. Not a bad idea. She was probably drinking too much. But he also cut down on the quality of it and started buying his own mother very cheap wine that was giving her all kinds of heart and stomach issues. And Calvin disciplined him for not buying better wine for her. How very Baptist of him. So I know, I just think that, um, I just look at this picture and go, I think if we can go, hey, legitimately before the Lord and, and with the, to getting back to like the people in our life, like if, if we have accountability, which hopefully we all do, and we have some people that are speaking into our lives, people who yeah, care. Right. And like if those people, because the whole world around us is, I mean, everybody in the church is always going to be like picking us apart. Like, I mean, especially like whoever Save we are, whoever we are. I'm just saying like <laughs> we do that as Christians. Save I do it. it we don't, but I think that <laughs> if we can honestly say before the Lord, our spouses affirm that, our accountability affirms that. Yeah. And we're like, I am striving to walk with this. I'm not making excuses. I'm not just seeing things through my perspective. And everybody I know is like, I've never seen you abuse alcohol. Mm. Like, so I'm just like, all right, look. If, if we're not abusing food, alcohol, social media, I can't, I'm like you, I cannot say it's wrong to run to after a long day, you're laying in bed at 930 at night and you're tired and you pull up Instagram and you're, or TikTok or whatever the people are doing nowadays. Like, like I can't be like, oh, that's wrong. Now, if you're on it for four hours, maybe, and it's not even a time limit, it's just, if it becomes a crutch, but becomes addictive, becomes endlessly scrolling, becomes, you know, then now, now there's a problem. Yeah, like, you know, sure. or, or like Peter said, if, if it's causing you to be more greedy or envious or narcissistic or. And we have to be prudent enough to see that. I would uh, like to make a suggested change to one of the hymns that we, at least we often do at our church, turn, turn your eyes on Jesus, right? The famous mm-hmm. last chorus, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful yeah, right. face. Yeah, right here, she could sing it for and us. And the too. things of earth will grow strangely dim, key phrase, in the light of his glory and grace. I'd like to propose a change, turn your eyes on Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth when we look at Jesus, grow strangely bright in Dude, the light of his... Got. Joe, Joe Rigney yes. wrote it, yeah. and it's a helpful Aww. reorientation. Where, where, where you're looking at the world and going, thank you for heart. all these good That's gifts it. instead of the, the classic Christian way since the... Yeah. Everything it's, sucks. And it's, it's really only been since the 1960s in reaction to the heavy culture. I mean, like, like really? the, as we're in culturally ingrained now, where it was I don't like, know, as soon as Elvis shook his hips, I mean, okay, well, the world changed forever. I'm just saying, I'm saying <laughs> it's been, it's been a, conde- <laughs> a condemnation of how the world does everything instead of the mentality of yeah, the world, right, the right, system right, of the world. Um. And so I did appreciate that, like looking through it yeah. yesterday, even and being it's a like, great oh, this read. is good. This is good. It's a great read. Strangely bright. The, the bigger version is called The Things of Earth by the same author. It's really all right. Good. So if you have questions, send them in to us. Peter uh, will answer them all. Yeah. I, 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 you know what my answer is going to be. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, no, I'm, no I, I, appreciate, I appreciate different perspectives today. Like, I think obviously it's a conversation that needs to be had. Obviously, there is addiction. And there is unhealthy yeah, coping mechanisms going sure. on. And there are people justifying sin. So like all that stuff is taking place. But that doesn't, in my opinion, that does not prohibit those who are practicing well from being able to continue practicing well. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Out of Odds. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen. Out of Oz is produced by Building 28 Church and Podcast Royale. You can find out more about this show and Building 28 by visiting outofozpodcast.com. New episodes drop every Monday, and you can get each one automatically by subscribing in your favorite podcast app.